0: To introduce the one that's going to be bringing us the word tonight. If you ever heard him preach, ever heard him teach, you're always in for a treat. And uh, Roy, we're very glad to have you tonight. And just take your liberty and minister the word. And come on up. Amen.
1: All right. Am I on now? All right. Tonight we're going to have Bible study. Uh, Let's have a word of prayer before we get into the word. Heavenly Father, pray tonight that your Holy Spirit would teach this lesson. Pray, Father, that you would anoint me and speak through me. Move all flesh out of the way. Let your mind come forth let your word come forth and father we'll be sure to give you all the glory all the praise and all the honor in Jesus name amen amen uh, turn with me in your Bible to the book of James chapter 1 we're gonna get started there James chapter 1 before we get started the Lord told me this morning before as I was getting this lesson together that um, some of us are facing giants in our lives, some of us are facing some big giants, but He also told me that uh to be of a good cheer <laughs> because um Right after you defeat your giant, that's your promotion time. It's promotion time. It's your robing time. God places his robe upon you. And you have to know something, that when you're going through your battles, whatever they may be, that uh, you're well able to overcome. And I want you to, to, to understand that tonight. That's the theme of our lesson tonight. I didn't have a title or anything like that, but overcoming giants. Overcoming giants. And God wants us to understand that. He, he wants us. He wants you to overcome. He's in it with you, and, he, and he's going to help you overcome. But one of the things that we have to do in order to overcome is we have to see ourselves in the Word of God. We have to see ourselves the way God sees us. And every time that I study the Scripture, when you're dealing with God, there's always victory. There's always victory every single time, as long as we stay in line with His Word. As long as we put faith in what he's said and what he's done for us through Jesus Christ. There's always victory. The Bible says he always causes us to triumph in Christ. There's no defeat for the believer. God has not planned not one single defeat for you. What you have to do, what I have to do on a daily basis is meditate on truth. Because it's the truth that you know that's going to set you free. And this is the truth. The word of God from Genesis to Revelation. This is what's going to give you the victory. And God wants us to focus on that and not focus on the giants. They may be big, they may be ugly. But God says that we have already overcome them. Because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Now we have to believe that. We have to believe that. Now James chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading at verse 23. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. You know, that's the problem with the church right now. It's been the problem with the church. Is that we will attend a meeting like this tonight on Sunday morning and hear the word of God preached to us from the word of God. And we'll see ourselves in the Word. Like a a person will look into a mirror and see that reflection. We'll see through the Word that we are victorious. We'll see through the Word of God that we've been raised up and we're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. We'll see what the Word says concerning the victory of redemption. But when we leave the meeting, Or when we leave church and go and go into the battles of life, a lot of times what will happen is we'll forget what we look like. We'll forget what the word says we are. We'll forget that reflection of victory that God has given to us. We'll forget who he has made us to be. And that's where we fail. And if we can just make that adjustment. If we can just make that adjustment from church to home to our daily lives, we will have victory every single time. We have to see ourselves in the Word of God 24-7. We have to act like the Word of God is true 24-7. So much of the church is uh, plagued by this disease called mental ascent. We mentally agree with the word, but when the trials and the tests come and the challenges come, a lot of times we'll fall back into uh, unbelief and fall back into the natural, which is just where the giants want us to be, because they'll take advantage of that. Satan is the god of this world. The Bible says that. In other words, he has some control over the natural circumstances of life he can afflict, he can come against us, he can challenge us. But when we understand the word of God, we understand that Satan cannot maintain the pressure of an attack. He's a spiritual outlaw. He doesn't have the capacity to, 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 to finish an attack. But when we understand truth, the Bible says we can stand. And having done our stand, in the challenges of life, we can have victory if we'll just believe. So we want to go from mental ascent into heart faith, which is what God wants us to do. And when we do that, God says we'll have victory every single time. Now, verse 25 says, "...for whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty..." And continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Somebody say a doer of the work. A doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. So we see the word of God specifically telling us that if we'll just continue in the perfect law of liberty. The perfect law of liberty is the word of God. The perfect law of liberty is a perfect redemption bought by Jesus Christ, which belongs to each and every one of us when we give our hearts to him. The perfect law of of liberty is nothing broken and nothing missing in your life. The perfect law of liberty is to refuse a watered-down version of the victory of the cross of Christ. To refuse it. To say, I want everything that Jesus Christ died for me to have. I want victory in every area of my life because my heavenly father says it belongs to me. Don't feel guilty about winning either. A lot of times Christians are, 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 are feel guilty about being blessed. No, don't feel, don't be, uh, feel guilty about being blessed. Thank God that you're blessed because it's his will that you're blessed. Don't feel guilty about triumph because that's who you were created to be. You are victory going somewhere to happen. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you to see yourself as God sees you. No matter what you're going through tonight, no matter what you feel tonight, no matter what's, what, what giants you have in your life, you have to understand that greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world. And that's just not a cliche. That has to become real to you. That has to become real to me. These things that, 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 that challenge our faith, they're nothing to God. Because God sees the true victory that, that he's already given us. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. See, really, it's what you know that's going to that's make all the difference in the world for you. It's what you know. You got to know that you're a victor. You got to know that God has not forsaken you. Even though it may be dark right now, you got to know that God has not forsaken and how do you. And how do you get to know that? How do you get to really know that? It says you meditate on truth. I'm reminded of, of Joshua. God told Joshua that in order for you to take Israel to the next level, that he was going to have to meditate day and night in the law or meditate day and night in the word of God. Then God told him that if you do that, if you're obedient in that, I'll give you victory and you'll have good success and you'll prosper. No matter what giants you may face. Now here's the uh, scripture I want us to see. Romans 12 and verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't. And here's, here's, here's how this thing works. Don't talk like the world talk. <laughs> Stop speaking like the world speaks. You're not of this world. We have a, a totally different language than the world has. Don't confess that you're sick. Confess what the word says about you. Confess that you're healed. Because the word says you're healed. Isaiah 53, 5. By his stripes you are healed. So we have to stop talking sickness. We have to stop stop talking the language of the world. It may be true in the natural that, yeah, you have a challenge there. But God says you've already, He's already healed you through Jesus Christ. Don't confess that you're weak. Confess what God says. God says, let the weak say that I'm strong. Don't confess that my kids are crazy. (laughs) Confess that they're the seed of the righteous and they are delivered. Don't confess that you're broke. Confess that I shall not want. Confess what the word says about you. That's what I'm trying to get us to see tonight. It's, 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 it's when, when, the, when the pressure's on, what's coming out of our mouth at that, at that moment? That's how we can determine our level of faith at that time. If we're constantly agreeing with the circumstances, then we'll stay in the circumstance. But if we'll be bold and choose to speak, because it's a choice, we choose to speak what God says concerning us, he'll give us victory. He'll give us victory, but our mouths have to be, have to get saved. Amen. Amen. Transform by the renewing of your mind with the word of God. Now, tonight I want to talk about Caleb. Y'all heard of Caleb, right? I want to talk about him because he was a giant killer. He was a man who liked to confront giants. He didn't run the other way when he saw giants. He ran toward giants. He ran toward the challenge. Him and David are are, are, are some of my favorite characters in the Bible because they were mighty men of valor. Men who refused to be refused. Men who saw the challenge but didn't respond to the challenge like every other person did. They responded according to the word of God. And the reason that they responded the way that they did is because they understood covenant. And the church have got to get to the point where we understand covenant. Where we understand that this is the blood-bought redemption of Jesus Christ. And it belongs to us. And we have to understand that these things are relevant. These spiritual things are relevant in our natural lives. And Caleb was a man of faith, and he was a man of action. And I just want to, let's focus on him a little bit tonight. Numbers chapter 13, let's go there. Numbers chapter 13. Let's look at verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. Now what I want us to focus in on on verse 2 here is how God talks. He says, the land of Canaan, which I give, to the children of Israel. God is saying that the land is my will for you. That's what he's saying. I've given it to you. Even before you go in, I've already given it to you. That's how you have to view the challenges and the giants of your life. When you are confronted with the challenges of life, you have to understand that it's the will of God to give you the victory. It's already done. Let's go to verse all the way down to verse 25. And they return from searching the land, from searching of the land after 40 days. So God had sent the spies into the into the land, to spy out that land. The Bible says, And they returned from searching the land after forty days. And they went and came in to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought bad word unto them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So they had... When they went over to, um, to the promised land, they searched it out. And the Bible says they showed them, they came back with fruit of the land, evidence that the land was good. It says here in verse 27, and they told him and said, We, we came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit thereof. So again, they brought back evidence that what God said was true, that the land was truly a good land, and it it flowed with milk and honey. That was a natural land that they were spying out. But our land, the land that belongs to us on this side of the cross, is a spiritual inheritance, and it is a good land also. But it's a land that is full of the fullness of God through Jesus Christ. We can expect, if we believe, if we walk in faith, if we walk according to the word, we can expect victory because God has given it to to us through Jesus, and the fullness of God is ours. And we have to understand that by faith. We have to receive that by faith. And and that's and that's what the challenge was here to these people. They brought back the fruit of the land, said the uh, it flowed with milk and honey. They said that it was good land. But here in verse 28, they use this word here that I hate, nevertheless. <laughs> nevertheless, the people that the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are wild and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Enoch there. So, doubt comes in. Doubt comes in. Now, doubt is a thief. It's the thing that will keep you from God's best. Doubt always has an excuse. Doubt will argue with the word of God. Doubt says, I know what the Bible says, and God had told him that, you know, the land was theirs. Doubt says, I know what the Bible says, but didn't you hear the doctor's report? That's what doubt does. You know, when we're faced with the challenge of sickness, the giant of sickness, and God, we've already heard the word of God saying that we're healed by his stripes. And then, but you'll, you'll run into somebody with unbelief in their heart and, and we got to stop. We got to stay away from these people. These people with this unbelief. And they'll come, and they'll say, "I heard what you said, but what, well, what does the doctor's report say?" They'll they'll try to get you in agreement with the doctor's report. Now we don't deny the doctor's report, but we deny its right to rule over us. That has to be our stance. That has to be our understanding. That. But nevertheless, all that nevertheless, we don't, we don't, we don't flow with that. We only flow with what the word of God says. Now that right there is going to be, uh, we're going to, we, if we, if we can overcome that, nevertheless, we can be assured of victory. Verse 29. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the South. So they're constantly bringing up excuses why the word won't work. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the South. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell on the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. So, again, they're concerned with what they see. They're concerned with, with uh, the, the circumstances. And, again, we have to divorce ourselves from the natural if we're going to walk with God. We have to divorce ourselves from what we feel. For what we see in this natural world, because again, Satan is the god of this world, and therefore he has some control over the natural. Okay. But Caleb had a different spirit. The Bible says he heard. He went over. He, he was one of the spies also, but the Bible says here in verse thirty, and Caleb steals the people before Moses. And said, let us go up at once and possess it. So Caleb's response to the challenge was totally different than the other people's response. He says, let us us go up at once and possess it, but we're well able to overcome it. And see, that has to be our, our understanding too. That has to be our attitude also, that we're well able to overcome it. Now, the word possess is a warfare term. It's a term that says uh, we're going to go in and we're going to take it by force. The kingdom of God suffers violence, the Bible says, and the violent take it by force. Too much of the time what happens to the believer is when we're faced with these challenges, we don't get radical in our beliefs. We'll turn to the arm of the flesh and believe what the arm of the flesh says. Again, and I, I'm using sickness and disease you know, as an example, you know, I'm not against doctors. Thank God for doctors. But the doctors don't have the final say-so. God has the final say-so. And we have to understand that, that. That has to become real to us, that these natural things have to bow to the name of Jesus. These natural circumstances have to bow the knee to the name of Jesus. Now, I don't know what your giant is tonight, But you have to understand that that natural thing has to bow to the name of Jesus when we we operate in faith. So it's a a warfare, and the war is in the mind. The war is in the mind. The battlefield is the mind. And if we can win the, the battle in the mind, we can win the spiritual victory. Caleb understood that. He understood that if God said that he's given us the land, well, then the land belongs to us. And he said, notice how he talks. He says, let us go up at once and possess it, for we're well able to overcome it. And that's, that has to be our mindset also. We have to understand we're well able through Jesus Christ to overcome whatever challenges we face. Because he's given us the victory. We are the redeemed of the Lord. And we have to act like it. And we have to say so. And we have to say that greater is he who's in us than he who is in the world. Verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go against the people, but they are stronger than we. When you make a a faith stand... You gotta always understand that there are gonna be negative people who are gonna to try to shoot down your faith statement. So you just have to uh ignore them. And that's what Caleb did here. They they came back after he made a faith statement, and they said, We're not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land, though which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which were come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. So you see the progression. They were saying that in their sight, in their own sight, that they were grasshoppers. That's how they saw themselves. That's how they saw themselves. It's the way that you view yourself, the way that you see yourself, is going to determine your victory. They saw, God saw them as victors, but they saw themselves as grasshoppers. God calls you victors. But you have to also agree with God and say the same thing that he says. You have to say, Lord, I believe what you said concerning the land. I believe what you said concerning redemption. I believe what you said concerning my victory in Jesus Christ. I believe that no weapon formed against me will ever prosper. I believe these things. And so I act like it and I talk like it. And I respond to challenges like it. So... Their their, their confession again was, hey, we're grasshoppers. We're not able to do this. Again, they're looking at the circumstances. They're looking at the natural. And if Satan can keep your eyes on the natural, he'll keep you defeated. But if you can ever get him over into the spirit realm, you'll defeat him. Again, he cannot maintain the pressure of an attack. You have to really understand that. He's a spiritual outlaw, and he cannot maintain. He can bring an attack, but he cannot maintain it. He doesn't have what it takes to maintain it. But if you can just stand, if you can just stand on the Word of God, no matter what you feel, no matter what you see, and I, I continue to bring up the feelings and the sins because that's where, that's where he lives. That's what he wants us to focus on. He wants you to focus on the pain in your body. He wants you to focus on your bank account. He wants you to focus on your lack of education. He wants you to focus on all the negatives. But God wants you to focus on what he said and what he said alone. That's the key to victory. If staying focused on the word of God, renewing your mind on truth, it's not easy, but it's possible. It takes a student of the word of God to do that. A person who is a disciple of Jesus Christ. A disciple is, something about, is somebody who is a disciplined learner. Somebody who's, who opens the book on a daily basis and feeds upon truth. Feeds upon reality until reality overcomes the natural. Glory to God. Numbers 14, verse 8, Caleb talking again. He says here, if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us. See, see how he talks? He says, if the Lord's on our side, if he delights in us, he'll give us this land. It's ours. And if God gives it to me, I'll not let any devil take it away. The same with your healing. If the Lord has given you healing, don't let any devil take it away. If the Lord has given you prosperity, don't let any devil talk you out of it. If the Lord has given you victory, don't let anybody talk you out of it. Because the word of God is true. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land And give it us, a land that floweth with milk and honey. Notice what Caleb says here in verse 9. Only rebel not against the Lord. So Caleb calls unbelief rebellion. He says that uh, when you don't believe God, it's rebellion in the mind of God. Only rebel not against the Lord. Or against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land for they are bread for us. Now that's a very key statement right there. Caleb sees the problem differently than they do. He says, don't fear the people. Don't fear them, for they are bread for us. The giants are our spiritual food. If we can understand it that way, if we can look at it that way, that the challenges that we face in life, are are, a spiritual food for us. That these giants that we have in our lives are sustenance, if we choose to look at it that way. They're training. You know, David, before he faced Goliath, the Bible says that he he killed the lion and the bear. He had confrontations with both lions and bears. And when he faced Goliath, they were training. That was training for him with, uh, before he faced Goliath. And he said that, you know, I killed the lion and I killed the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. See? And that's how you have to look at your challenges. You've had some victories in, in Christ. I know you have. You whipped the devil on in certain areas. I know you have. But what you have to do, you have to recall those past victories. You have to remember how God gave you victories in, 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 in times past. And, when, and, and, and use that as momentum when you go against these new giants. You have to understand that, that those, those other things, they were bred for you. They made you strong. And, these, and this victory that you're about to receive now, and you're going to receive the victory. Every, each and every one of us are going to slay these giants in our lives in the name of Jesus. Each and every one of us are going to step on the head of Goliath. Each and every one of us are going to see you, the sword of the Spirit, and we're going to see the blood of the giant dripping off our swords in Jesus' name. God is trying to stir you up tonight. So much of the time, we become passive. So much of the time, we just sit back and let the devil do whatever he wants to do. But the time is that time is over. That time is long past over. God is raising up a people that enjoy battle. God is raising up a people that enjoy battle, that enjoy the confrontation. Because they understand that God is greater than any challenge. They understand that Jesus Christ lives on the inside of them. They understand that they are the redeemed of the Lord. And the victory is ours. No matter what, no matter what it looks like. And, and Caleb, again, Caleb has that type of spirit. He says here, they are bred for us. And their defense is departed from them. We have to understand that Satan doesn't have any dominion anymore. Jesus took his dominion. On Calvary's cross. His defense has departed. He's subject to the church of Jesus Christ. He's subject to the name of Jesus Christ. He has to bow his knee to the name of Jesus Christ. But the church has to understand that. The church has to understand that we have the inheritance in our hand now. And he's sharing that inheritance with us. We have the dominion now through Jesus Christ. And we have to act like it. We have to talk like it. We have to walk like it. We have to be willing to look the devil in his eye and tell him no more. No more in Jesus' name. These are the days. We had a, a meeting here a couple of weeks ago. And the Holy Spirit fell in this place. The thickness of his, of his anointed in this place. And I heard the Holy Ghost speak to me. He said, this is that which the prophet Joel prophesied about. Anointing of God is coming upon his people. As it comes, we're going to slay giants. We're going to slay giants. We're going to be given victory after victory after victory after victory in Christ Jesus. But we have to believe these things. Satan's defense has departed from him and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Now, another aspect of this whole thing that we have to remember when we're, in, when we're uh, fat fighting giants, when we're coming against these giants, is the Lord's perspective. How does God view these things? What, what, what's going on in the mind of God as we go through these battles? Well, here... In verse uh, 10, let's go to verse 10. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. So because they brought back that evil report, the congregation, it caused the congregation to walk in fear. And they was ready to stone Moses. Verse 11. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have shown them? So God's getting upset here. He's seeing that these people are walking in unbelief. He had given them ten signs earlier, and they they still didn't believe him. And notice God's response to this. He says, I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them and will make of you a great—he's talking to Moses— and will make of you a greater nation and mightier than they. You know, as I study the Bible, the only time I really see God get angry is when people don't believe him. Only time I see him get angry is when people deny him the honor or the right to bless them. God loves to bless. He loves to prosper. He loves the land flowing with milk. And he wants his people to experience that. He wants us to experience his fullness. And he gets angry when he can't do that. He's full of goodness. And he always wants to do good. But when we walk in unbelief, and fail to believe his word we deny him pleasure we deny him pleasure and so that caused him to even want to disinherit them. he told moses hey i'm gonna kill them all and i'm gonna start over with you but moses praise god moses talked him out of it moses prayed and and say, God, don't kill them. Because <laughs> if you kill them, all the world will say, you know, you weren't able to bring them into that land. So God, He repented. The Bible says He repented. But that's His attitude, you know, as far as when we walk in unbelief. God doesn't like it. He wants us to walk in total and complete victory. I mean, think about it. And I'm talking about on this side of the cross, the church. Think about it. He gave his only begotten son for us. Not so we can walk around and talk crosswise the word, but so we could walk in the word, believe the word, act on the word, and receive victory. That's why he gave Jesus. That's why Jesus came to the earth, the Bible says. The son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. What are we going to do with that? Come on, seriously. What are we going to do with the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil? The works of the devil is sickness and disease. The works of the devil is poverty. The works of the devil is depression. The works of the devil is the curse of the law. What are we going to do with that? He came to, to set us free from those things. And you still hear people talking unbelief. Well, God put this sickness on me to teach me something. I mean, that just stirs up my righteous indignation when I hear people talk like that. God put this on me. When the Bible says he healed us on Calvary's cross. God doesn't use sickness to teach his people. I mean, that's religion. I hate religion. I don't know about you. I hate religion. Because it separates us. From the goodness of God. The Bible says that. The traditions of man. Deny the power of God operating in our lives. And I'm telling you. In these last days. We're going to see the power of God manifested. We're going to see God do things. That we've never seen him do before. John uh, John Osteen. He used to say this. There never was a day of miracles. There's a God of miracles. Amen. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We serve an awesome God. But we have to allow him to be awesome. We have to, uh, to unleash him. We have to have faith in this redemption. We have to have faith in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. You are new creations. You've been made that way. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You've been made that way through his blood. And you are anointed to do exploits. You are anointed to go forth. You know, a lot of people think that it's going to be a preacher or somebody that in this last revival... Before Jesus, it's going to be the church. It's going to be the church laying hands on the sick in the workplaces. It's going to be the church preaching the gospel on the street corners. The lay people doing the work of the ministry. You're here for one purpose right now, and that is to be built up, to be edified, and go out there and kick the devil. That's why you're here tonight not just to hear a a little message. You're here to be built up to go out there and walk in the anointing and and fulfill the gospel. That's why we're here. Let's go to Numbers 14, 22. It's God still talking. Because all those men which have seen my, my glory... And my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened unto my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. So see how how unbelief is? God says, you know, it provoked him. They tempted him. Because they fail to believe the truth. Verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and had followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he, he went and his seed shall possess it. See, Caleb, the Bible says Caleb had another spirit. He had a different mindset. He viewed the challenge differently than they did. He saw victory where where they saw defeat. He saw the promise of God instead of the problem. He said, God has given us this land. I'm going in. I'm going to possess it. If I have to kill every devil there, I'll kill him. In Jesus' name. You know... I think part of the problem is also that when we look at how when Jesus was dealing with his disciples, you know, they were men, just natural men. He he was always trying to teach them faith. He was always trying to teach them that you know the works that I do shall you do also. Works that I do shall he said that the works that I do shall you do also. You know, when he was in the storm, and he uh, they wake, they woke him up out of the sleep. He was in the bottom of the boat, and they woke him up, and he calmed the storm. But he also rebuked them in a way. He said, uh, where is your faith? In other words, it was like he was saying, you could have done something about this. That's what he was saying. You could have done something about this. Where is your faith? You know, they looked at him and said, what kind of man is this that even the wind and the rain obey him? See, what Jesus was trying to get them to understand is that there's coming a time when the works that I do shall you do also. See, and that time is now the works that he did. We're, we're to do, we're to do. Caleb had another spirit and he said, man, I'm going to possess this. I'm going to walk in the fullness of this, this land that flows with milk and honey. I want every bit of it. Everything that the father said I can have, I want it. And that has to be our mindset. Everything that Jesus died to give us, we have to want it. First of all, we have to know it belongs to us. We have to have a made up mind that this the word of God says this and I'm I'm gonna possess it. I'm gonna walk in the fullness of it in Jesus' name. Finally, let's go to Joshua chapter fourteen. Let's look at verse verse 7. Now, this is 45 years later. 45 years later after uh, Israel had been walking around in the wilderness and they had failed to receive what God had for them and all those unbelievers, God had allowed them to die off. But he didn't allow Caleb to die off. Caleb was still alive. Because God promised him. Caleb had a different spirit. So he's going he's gonna to be blessed. I'm going to let him see the land. I'm going to let him uh, experience my best. I'm going to let him experience my fullness. I'm going to let him experience the inheritance. I'm going to let him have Abraham's blessing. He's going to walk in Abraham's blessing. Verse 7. Forty years old, this Caleb talked. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy the land and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. That needs to be our testimony. We have wholly followed the Lord our God. We've wholly followed the the Lord our God. How do you wholly follow the, the Lord your God? You wholly believe this word of God. You wholly believe this New, this new Testament. Moses swear, and, Mo, and Moses swear on that day saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever. See how, see how he, 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 he took the word of God? He says, thine inheritance and thy children forever. It's, he, says, he, he says, it's my inheritance. It's my inheritance. Be, he personalized it. It's my inheritance. It belongs to me. It's been passed down from Abraham and it belongs to me. And our children's forever. And that's, how you have to, that's how we have to be. We have to understand this thing has been passed down to us by Jesus Christ. He is the mediator of this covenant. He's not against you walking in victory. He's not against you walking in the fullness. He's not against you being a new creation and doing the works of God. He wants you to. He encourages you to. He says, Thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Verse 10. And now behold, the Lord had kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this, and now I am this day four score and five years. So now he was 85 years old. Notice his confession. He's still talking strong. He's still talking faith. He says, as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war. You see that? For war. The man 85 years old and he still want to kill some giants. He still want to step on the devil's head. He still doesn't want the devil to have anything. That's how we have to be. And for war. Both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain. My God. Give me, see that has to be right. Give me my mountain. I want everything that he died for me to have. Every jot and tittle, I want it because he died that I might possess it. Give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou hearest in the day that the Anakites were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me. Then shall I be able to drive them out as the Lord see. That's the attitude. I really believe that God wants us to have the mindset of a giant killer. The mindset of a mountain taker. Every head bow. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I pray, Father, that the seed of your word has found good ground in every heart. Pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit would reveal to us truth. Father, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Father, open the eyes of our understanding that we would know what is the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of your inheritance is in the saints. And Father, what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe? According to the working of your mighty power, which, Father, you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and, Father, every name that is named, not only in this world, Father, but also in that which is to come. Now, Father, as we possess the land, as we possess the inheritance, we'll be sure to give you all the glory, all the praise, and all of the honor for every manifestation of your spirit. In Jesus' name we ask it. And we believe we receive it. Amen. amen. And amen.
0: That was a great word. Pastor gave me the option to be the preacher or, or have Brother Roy preach. And I just felt the Holy Spirit tell me that Brother Roy had a word for the church. And uh, I just wish there were more here to hear what he had to say. This has been really good. Thank you, Roy. Now one thing I, I, I thought about, there's a lot of things I could comment on, but I'm not going to comment much. But when we come across a situation, when it just first comes upon us, our words and our actions depend on the size of that giant. It may be this big, but as soon as we allow fear to rise within us, as soon as we start saying it's mine but that's my sickness and all this that giant really gets big and the best time to take care of it is at the very beginning amen praise god let's all stand lord we can say tonight that it was good to be in the house of the lord Lord, I'm so thankful tonight for your presence. Lord, I thank you for the word that went forth. Lord, I just pray that it stirred each and every one of us. Lord, because I know that we all have been guilty one way or the other. Allowing the giants to dictate to us. Greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. And I thank you, Lord, that you have given us the victory, that we can walk in victory. Lord, I pray that tonight as we go out throughout the week, Lord, Lord, I pray that your blessings would be upon each and every one. May your peace go with them tonight, Lord God, and bless them. And, Lord, we look forward to being in your house this Sunday, Lord. And, again, it will be good to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. We're dismissed.